If you're ready to confront your destiny, if this is the moment that you've been praying for, tune in and listen to your cosmic cheerleader, Commander Lady Athena, for cosmic pep talks, for closet Christ. The show is the voice of the Ashtar Command. The call is for you to step forward into your greatness. Be listening on Wednesday. We have an appointment with destiny. Greetings in the love of the one supreme beloved, of which we are each an embodiment of. I'm Commander Lady Athena, and you're listening to the voice of the Ashtar Command. Cosmic pep talks for Closet Christ. This evening, our seminar topic is the rested heart. Finding your rested heart place. So if you're ready, let's take a deep breath together and relax and come present here and now. With our next breath, we are going to bring ourselves forward as a stream of divine light from the very, very heart of God all the way down through the body and you're going to anchor it in the soul star in the center of the earth. Are you ready? Deep breath. Bring that divine stream of living love, living light, living sound all the way through your body. Anchor it deep in the soul star in the center of the earth. Feel that divine connection. Notice any sensations or difference in the body. And we're going to do this another time. Call yourselves forward very consciously from the very heart of Source as a conduit of divine energy, light, love, and sound, all the way down to the center of your body, flooding your body with light, bringing it down to your feet, and anchoring it in the soul star, in the center of the earth. Ready? Deep breath. Again, notice, you should be experiencing a difference. See if you can discern what it is. It's very important that you take responsibility for being aware of noticing, of looking, paying attention. Now we're going to chant the hue, H-U, three times. And just allow any distraction 
to be dissolved by that sacred name. For the nameless and formless divine spirit. Deep breath. You. find that rested heart, please? Can we find it in the midst of all the interruptions and delays and confusions and all the things that happen in our daily life? That's a challenge, isn't it? Can we be at rest? So check your heart just now, if you will. Go on, take a good mosey into your own heart. What are you feeling? What are you experiencing in your heart right now? Maybe you're not accustomed to looking I remember my spiritual teacher, John Roger, many years ago, he said, "Um, you're going to be going through very, very profound spiritual states of consciousness. But you won't be aware of it unless you choose to look. And to illustrate, he said, I know I'm sitting in a chair, at least... That's what I believe I'm doing. But to really know that I'm sitting in a chair, I have to have the wit to look down and see that I'm actually sitting in a chair. And the spiritual life is just like that. Periodically, we have to stop and take inventory of what's going on at the deeper levels of our existence. What's happening? What's going on? So is your heart anxious? If it is, you're a shallow breather. You forget sometimes to pay attention to yourself. And you get caught up in the whirl and the vortex of confusion that prevails in the outer world. You lose your mooring, your sense of presence and anchoring. And so tonight we're going to look at what it takes to find that place wherein you rest. You rest like a planet rests in space. What upholds that planet? The love of the all that is upholds 
all those planets and the vastness of space, all those distant shining orbs are upheld solely by the love of the Supreme Creator. And just like a planet is upheld by the love of God in space, so are you upheld and sustained and breathed and lived through by that divine presence. But you won't know it if you don't have the wit to put down that cell phone, get off of the social media, and pay attention to your life. Pay attention to your life. Are you going to waste it on a cell phone? Are you going to waste it on social media? I hope not. So in whom or in what does your heart find rest? Or have you ever found a place where you're really settled within yourself? I'm not talking about anything outer now. I'm talking about a state within your own innermost being in which you are seated and settled. When you find that, you'll find you're at home everywhere that you belong everywhere, that you are in the place within the vastness of the cosmos that is your place. Why? Because you're settled. It's settled within you. And until it is, you're never going to feel at home or anchored or grounded And you're going to be floating here and there, subject to every little emotional trigger, every little shift of consciousness, every little thing that from without seemingly interrupts your life. There will be constant agitation in which you try And try again to make the world behave as you would have it be rather than to lovingly accept it as it is. So many people live in a constant battle with what is. They haven't a moment of peace because they're fighting all the time with their environment, with their situation with the way things are going in their life, with the relationships. And yet, beloved, the only relationship you will ever have is with yourself. We cannot say that often enough. You only have karma with yourself. You only have a relationship with yourself. There is only the self. And until you find that place wherein your heart is resting and resting permanently without effect of anything that's going on around you until you've found that 
you're always going to be in a state of chaos and confusion and anxiety and paranoia and fear and all of that, which is simply indicative of the fact that you haven't found your home, your real home. Your home is not in a spaceship in the sky. Your home is not on another planet. Your home is not in a heaven somewhere. Your home is in your heart. Your home is not in your emotional heart. Your home is in the sacred heart in which the divine presence is seated. How can you tell when you found that? It's at rest. It's in peace. It's quiet. It's secure. It's solid stance. You are standing in the heart of all that is and occupying the vastness of your being. So again, everywhere is home. You're seated. You're settled. I'm going to read something that Sai Baba has shared with us which is a good reminder. Sometimes, I'm quoting, sometimes you feel that disasters increase instead of diminish. Do not get agitated. Close your eyes and tell me with faith, thy will be done. You think of it. And when you speak thus, I accomplish a miracle when necessary. I only think of it when you trust me totally. I always think of you, but I can only help you completely when you rely fully on me. Satya Sai Baba. Sai Baba is an, in, is a, is an avatar, which means a full embodiment of the Divine Presence giving us the opportunity to interact directly with the divine. And in India and in many of the eastern countries, they understand that from age to age, the divine presence will take form so that we can have contact and communion with the divine. And so what he is saying here is that we're in a time of such tremendous chaos, such tremendous change on every hand, that we need to be consciously yielded to the divine. We need to learn how to connect with and flow with that which is. That which is without is constant chaos and confusion. That which is within is solid ground. It's the resting place. It's the secret place of the Most High that is referred to in the 91st Psalm, which maybe you've never heard of it. It would be worth your while to get a Bible and look up the 91st Psalm because it describes the place of the rested heart. It's said in the Bible, I believe, that our heart 
is ever restless until it finds its rest in thee. Until it finds its rest within, within the divine presence. God lives in you as you. God is not up in the sky. God is not an option. God is the very life force that breathes you, beats your heart, and moves your body, and expresses as your intelligence and everything else within and without. So today people are caught up in the surging floodwaters of constant change, sometimes literally. And they're searching for anything that they can grab onto, anything that will give them a moment of rest, a sense of safety, if only for a second. I hope you are not one of these. It's possible that you are. These weekly seminars are specifically for the awakened and awakening ones. Really not for those of you that have no interest in becoming more spiritually aware. Perhaps listening each week is one of your ways of connecting to reality, of touching into that place. If so, that's a good start. But you need to internalize and find your own way. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he wasn't speaking as a personal human self. He was speaking as the Christ within. The same Christ that is within you and me and everyone. The choice is whether... We're going to step out of that closet of personal self-denial and present as the anointed one, which is the meaning of the word Christ. Are you going to step out of the closet of your own self-indictment, your own guilt, your own shame, your own poor sense of self-worth? Are you going to get out of that and simply be who you are, love manifested with your name? in your form, as you are. You know, it's so simple. The only thing we need to do is show up in life. Show up for the moment with love. That's it. That's it. We show up with love. That's it. We don't have to know what to do, what to say. We don't have to know anything. The very intention to be present with your loving is enough. Whatever else you need to do, you will be guided from within to do it. It's so simple. What connects you? What do you do each day to connect to that place that is the loving, that is the willing one, that is the intention? Well, let me ask you, how do you start your day? How you start your day pretty much sets the mood for that day, doesn't it? If the first thing you do is reach for your cell phone, 
you've chosen to be in a chaotic world that's coming apart at the seams right now. Why? Because people have lost their mooring. They've lost their way, and something has to jolt them awake. Maybe it's a fire. Maybe it's a flood. Maybe it's lava pouring into their neighborhood. Maybe it's an earthquake. It's going to be whatever it's going to take to wake people up. So you're ahead of the game if you're already awakened or are awakening. But if you are, you're making an intention each day to live more conscious, more present, more awake, more aware. And if the first thing you do is distract yourself into the world, it's very clear what your priority and your choice in life is. You might want to reconsider how you're spending those very crucial moments when you come back in your body from the higher spiritual realms and you're reaching for a cell phone? Hello. Or you're going into social media? Is that how you start your day? What can you expect but an anxious heart, a worried mind, heightened blood pressure, and a decline in the quality of your life? I would urge you as your sister to please reconsider how you're spending this precious lifetime and with what. So if you can't commune with your own self, with your own innermost self, you're not going to show up for anybody else. And if you look at the people around you, they're all looking at their cell phones, their smartphones, whatever you call those silly things. They're not present. They're not showing up for each other. It's crazy to see people sitting at a table and looking at their cell phones. Just saying. At one time, I think most of you said you wanted to realize God in this lifetime. Or you wanted to be more aware. Or you wanted to be liberated in this lifetime. Or something along that line. So does your daily lifestyle give any evidence of that whatsoever? Could we look at the way you live your life from morning to night and see by your example that you are committed to increasing your spiritual awareness? You know, it's very telling. Very telling when you observe what people prioritize in their life. We are in a time of extreme, rapid outer changes which simply reflect the intense reorganization of our consciousness and its realigning to an entirely higher program of life, of vibration, of awareness. And you have to be present for it. It's fast. It's moving really quickly. It's not a time to be hunkered down in non-productive, consciousness-numbing habits.
So how do you start your day? It's really important. The Course in Miracles tells us that right at the very onset, we need to decide what kind of a day we would have. And if we make no judgments about that day out of our separated sense of self, our ego, we will have that kind of a day. What does that mean? It means very literally, what kind of a day do you want to have? You can choose. And if you don't go running off without consulting your heart before you act, if you consult your heart or your divine spirit, same thing, you will be guided and you'll know exactly what to do. Say, for example, you wake up and you say, well, I would like a day in which there's loving communication and harmony between the people that I interact with. I would like a day in which I laugh a lot and feel a real lightness of heart. I would like a day in which I feel genuine happiness and joy. Okay. You've set the tone. Now go forth and enact it. Bring yourself forward into that vibration. How do you do it? With a deep breath and intention, beloved. Breathe in. God, breathe out love. Or breathe in life. Breathe out love. The minute you intend into whatever that in-breath is, you begin to source it and exhale it. 21,600 breaths a day connect us with God. Realize every time you breathe, you say, so hum, which means I am. The breath naturally says, I am. So hum. It's a simple, simple, simple way to connect instantly with the source is through your breath. Your breath, remember, was breathed into you, and that's what made you an individualized, conscious soul or being, divine being. You're the divine breath of God, animating a human form temporarily, because in highest truth, you are one with God. So that breath proclaims your oneness with the beloved every instant. So how to find that place in which you rest, that resting place? You know, people often ask me, for, for years they've asked me, why, why, why are you so happy all the time? You're always happy. You know, things go on in your life like anyone else, and they don't seem to bother you. I never really knew how to answer. The other day I was doing a self-inventory, which I think is really important to do. Uh, periodically you need to take a look at yourself and see what's going on. And I said out loud, I'm resting, I'm resting in God. 
I'm in that place of rest. I'm settled, rested in that rested place. And I began to feel into it to say, well, okay, what is that place of rest? And I realized that It's a place of absolute stillness where I experienced and and really knew that I was in my absolute perfect place in the universe doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. Why? Because I'm here and I'm doing it. The Course in Miracles states that we cannot but be at the right place, at the right time, with the right people. There are no exceptions to this, except in the ego's judgment. So wherever you are, there is something for you there, or you wouldn't be there. There's a lesson, there's a healing, there's a reconciling, there's a coming to peace with, There's some reason why you are in your present situations. You're not the victim of the world. You have invented the world in which you live. And no one can choose but you if you would have it shift. Sometimes we're in situations that have come to a head that we simply need to reconcile with peace within ourselves. And until we do, they'll reappear life after life after life until you've had enough. So the issue in which you find yourself is not the issue. The issue is how you feel about the situation in which you find yourself. If you see it in terms of being part of your own request to learn or examine or experience, whatever it is, then you can find ways to accept and move into harmony with it and cooperate with it. Understanding that all things work together for your good. It's a benign universe. It's a love-based creation. Nothing but your own mind colors it differently. The mind, that ego mind, that lower mind that would rather be right than truly happy is the one you need to question and argue with it and question its right to direct you, which people seldom do. They so often identify with the thoughts going on in their mind as if that was truth, and it's not. It's old programs running. It's old assumptions. It's hearsay, perhaps that we've heard for many lifetimes or perhaps just the indoctrination of this particular lifetime, which is rare, Almost without exception, we reincarnate in families, in groups, with people that we have unfinished business with. 
And the only business we're to be about here is loving. That's it. There's nothing else to be done. There's nothing else to be learned. When your whole life has become one simply of loving and serving, you're free. You're out of here. You've learned the only lesson that needs to be learned. Show up with your love and make the place where you're showing up better. That's it. How hard can that be? And what happens if you can't do that? You've got blocks. You've got unresolved issues that are lodged in the lower chakra areas. Because if you live seated in the soul center in the brow or the crown chakra, there's no karma in those levels. But if you're living in any of the chakras beneath you, which will mean that you're in some form of drama or karma or negativity or blocks, then those are the areas that are presenting in your daily life that you need to handle and clear. How do you clear them? You ask for the light. Let's do it right now. Let's take a deep breath. Father, Mother God, we ask for the clearance. We ask that anything at this time that could be lifted through grace and cleared, that that happen. And we ask for clarity about the very thing that at this time, in this moment, seems to be the biggest block to our sense of well-being, to our place in which we rest in perfect security and happiness and contentment and peace. We ask for clarity that it be made very clear what we need to forgive, release, surrender, let go, or to get in and do interpersonal work that may require counseling or some form of direct working with that area, wherever that block seems to be. Most people have their blocks in the first three lower chakras. The first chakra involves your sense of security, your sense of being grounded, your sense of being present. Where there's blocks in that chakra, there'll be a lot of fear around your survival, your finances, the things that uh, help you to feel secure in the world and in your life. The second chakra is relationships, your sexuality, your ability to open yourself and be available emotionally to people, your ability to be able to be intimate, which is more than just sexual intimacy. It's the ability to live transparently and in a feeling of safety within yourself. But if you don't feel safe within yourself or you don't feel worthy within yourself, it's because you have blocks that need to be dealt with. We could call that inner child work, work with a basic self. And lots of people are blocked in those two areas. This, of course, gives a lot of problems in relationships 
in feeling happy and secure in the world. And then the solar plexus is the next chakra. So you have security, sensation, and power. And that's where you're in a constant war to control your environment. You're never at peace because you want things your way rather than the way they are. So you you have to work with becoming at peace with what is so that you get out of the battle zone of trying to control and manipulate and make things turn out the way you want them to be. They're going to turn out how they're going to turn out. And the sooner you come into acceptance of that, the better you're going to feel. And that's why when you look on the television, there's so many remedies for things that address stomach issues and issues with elimination and issues with sexual performance. Why is that? Because people are blocked in those three lower chakras. You cannot rest in peace in the lower chakras. Well, where can you rest at peace? Well, to begin with, if you're blocked in those areas, just come into acceptance with that which is. See if you can come into acceptance that this is the way it is right now and what choices do I have available to me to ease the discomfort and address the issues that are causing me to not be at peace within myself. What are they? Most people, they'll run to distraction. They'll stay on their cell phone. They'll distract into social media. They'll take a drink. They'll take drugs. They'll run around trying to find Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. They'll move around a lot. They're afraid to stay still and silent. God forbid they might wake up. They might find out they're actually an incarnation of God. They might find out this whole world is just a big play of consciousness. It's not real at all. It's a gymnasium for the soul to have every kind of an experience. Why? Because it wants to. It's curious. It's its nature. Most of us came to this planet because we were curious to see what was here. Yeah, we were curious. What's it like on Earth? Let's go find out. So here we are. This is what it's like on Earth. Oh, well, I don't like it. Well, you chose to come here. If you learn the lesson to love all and serve all, you won't have to come back. Is that it? Yep, that's it. Quit judging. Whatever you judge, you make a law unto yourself that you're going to have to eat. In other words, you're going to have to experience whatever it is you've judged that person for. Yikes. Yeah, yikes. Quit judging. And so sometimes you're sitting in the middle of your previous judgments. Oh, this is what you couldn't stand. So now you are that. Oh, you couldn't stand homosexuals. Okay, well, now you're homosexual. How does that feel? Oh, you had something against black people? Okay, now you're black. How does that feel? You had something against Jewish people? Okay, now you're a Jew. What about that? You had something about atheists? You know, judging them? Now you're an atheist. How does that feel? You know, so look at your life as something that you have specifically requested 
for a very good reason, you need to learn to love it and accept it. That's it. That's it? Yes, that's it. That's it. And then there's people who are at war with their environment. Everything makes them sick. They're allergic to this. They're allergic to that. Everything is attacking them. The only thing that's attacking them is their judgment against the innocent elements of creation. Earth, wind, fire, water, ether. Everything in existence is made of these five energies. Everything. So when you're at war with your environment in the form of allergies and this and that and the other thing, it's because you are not in right relationship with the elements. Sometime, someplace, you abuse the elements. Sometime, someplace, you came into serious againstness towards the innocent elements of nature. Again, things cannot affect you unless you believe they can. If you believe they can harm you, they will. If you believe they have no effect on you, they don't. So as long as you want to believe they can affect you adversely, then they will. And you can change your mind. You can change your mind. The only way you can change it permanently is if you invite the Holy Spirit into that area and ask it to clear whatever it is because only the Divine Spirit knows wherein that originated and how deep it goes in your psyche. You can't do these things alone. You have to layer your life forward into a higher power. You have to source to the source to really find the place of the rested heart. We have to rest in God. We have to live, as I like to call it, a laid-down life where you offer your life. You lay your life down and take up a higher life. We spoke about the powerful release that comes when you give your life over to God in our last uh, uh, seminar. We have to give over to that greater self within us. We have to surrender to the divine within us. It's not necessary to give it over to anything outside of yourself. You surrender inwardly. It's an inner path which sometimes you do take, uh, you know, refuge in a, a, a spiritual symbol that seemingly is without. We don't tell you specifically what to do in your life because that's for you to discern if it works for you or not. So you, you try, you lean into things and you test them and you check them out and you see if they work for you. They work for you if you find an increasing sense of well-being if you find an increasing sense of the ability to make really goal-fitting choices in your life. 
if you find that you're becoming more and more able to be present with things that before used to upset you, you're not reacting as much. You're finding yourself getting, beginning to source the divine presence within you more and more consistently. What does that look like? Well, it might look like what the Course in Miracles describes as the holy instant. The holy instant is when you stop, you take a deep breath, and you go home to God. Because whenever you do, again, you're affirming the God presence that you are, that you live in, that you move and have your being in. The I am. That I am. You just pause for a moment and take that deep breath. The deep breath, you see, completely stills your mind. You can't take a deep breath and think at the same time. You have that instant mindfulness, that instant centeredness. When I... um, my husband and I were in close association with Dr. David Hawkins, uh, who was Hawkins, who was the very, very first, I think, Horse and Miracles teacher that was actually taking it out, so to speak, on the road <laughs> and doing workshops with it. And periodically, when we were with him, he'd close his eyes uh, throughout the day, you know, whenever, wherever. He would just stop for a moment and close his eyes. And now I understand he was taking that holy instant. He was taking that moment to close his eyes and return to God. And of course he became totally enlightened doing the Course in Miracles. So I'm just saying that it's very important that we begin to put action where we say we would like to be because it's not going to come and sit in your lap. You're going to have to move yourself into it and actualize it through exercising conscious awareness. This is something that you exercise into. You call yourself into it. You evoke it. You invoke it by calling it forward, and it evokes it as the manifested response. So begin to find out What keeps you in that place where you feel at rest? For me, it has always been the name of God. I have chanted the name of God instead of thinking for so many years that I no longer have thoughts. The the lower mind has completely dissolved into the presence of God. Because whenever you say your mantra, your initiatory tone, the name of God, any one of the millions and gazillions of names that we have for the divine, it completely neutralizes and clears the agitations of the mind until the mind dissolves into that radiant presence. And you suddenly find that you rest in God. You rest in that centered place where there's no thoughts, 
There's no needs for anything. There's no wish. There's no lower chakras trying to make things uh, happen. And everything that is meant to happen occurs and shows up in a perfect divine order. And you don't have to think about it. It's like when we read the message from Sai Baba, the Lord himself thinks about it. You don't have to. All you have to do is offer, lay down that life that you think is yours to the correct owner of that life, which is the divine presence that lives in you as you. And live a natural life. There's no need for rigorous spiritual practice. It's said that if you can remember the presence of God and speak the name of God in this age, that that's enough. So the most important thing in the, in the Kali Yuga, I mean, we're, we're exiting the Kali Yuga now, we're moving into the Golden Age, but the easiest practice is to repeat the divine name of God. What divine name? Any name that you love. Jesus, Buddha, Maitreya, Sai Baba, Sananda, any name, any name that you associate with the divine. And you repeat it in your mind silently all the time. Om Sairam, Om Sairam, Om Sairam. Anaihu, Anaihu, Anaihu. I think that a two-syllable is really nice because you can wet it with your breath. Very easy to remember that. But you don't have to. It can be anything. I have a very long mantra that I repeat from my initiatory um, uh, initiations through, through uh, MSIA, the Movement of Spiritual Inner Awareness. We repeat the names of each of the lords of the regents of the uh, different um, levels of consciousness. And it goes on in my mind automatically now. I don't even have to think about it. When I wake up at night, it's chanting. It's going on all the time. Sai Baba has said that if you learn the Gayatri Mantra, and you can learn it uh, on YouTube, there's uh, Sai Baba chanting it 108 times. That's the correct way to chant it. That if you chant the Gayatri Mantra, everything in your life will go positive and will turn out well. Only good will happen. So if you're on a plane or somewhere where you're frightened, chant the Gayatri Mantra all the time. If you find yourself getting in a gnarly situation, chant the Gayatri Mantra. If you want to purify your food, chant the Gayatri Mantra over it. When you're taking a shower, chant the Gayatri Mantra. It cleanses your physical body and your mind at the same time. The Gayatri Mantra is calling forward your own divine illumined self. It's recognizing that indwelling Christ that is illumined. So it's very important, you see, to use the power of simple things like this to become at rest within, to find that resting place where there's not the mental agitation, there's not the fear, there's not the drama going on. 
you anchor and center yourself in that name. Very, very simple. The state of your heart is a spiritual state that has really nothing to do with anything but your own place at which you find absolute comfort and rest. If you can surrender your life to God, totally, that is the highest path that you could walk in the world and find yourself at rest. And the heart is ever restless until it finds its rest in the divine presence within. Nothing else is going to do it, ever. Nothing. Nothing will fulfill you for long. Whatever it is in this world, it will lose its fascination and leave your life at some point because you're not meant to be attached to things that are of the material, impermanent world. So the simplest key is to simply present your life each day as a conduit of love. When you get up in the morning, dedicate your day to be a conduit of God's love in this world. Ask to be guided. Ask to be used to be of service. Ask that God would think through your mind, speak through your mouth, serve through your hands, walk through your feet, and be present in you and through you wherever you happen to be that day. Stop periodically during the day, take a deep breath, and reconnect. Ask inwardly if you should be involved with things before you get involved. Commit yourself first to God, not to people. Make your life be about obedience to the spirit within your heart. Follow that. It's very simple. Show up. with love. You'll find that that's the key to being grounded. That's what I found out. That I'm not grounded unless I am in my loving. I can walk on green grass from now until you know what freezes over. And that doesn't ground me. What grounds me and brings me present is the presence of another person. Is the presence where I am in the loving and I feel everywhere present. But it started out with simply being present and centered in my loving. And I practiced that and practiced that and I realized, oh, I'm really grounded, I'm really present when I'm interacting with someone. And then I realized everywhere I am, I'm in the center of 
multitudes of beings from all the dimensions. They're always present. They're always here and now. And so now I'm never alone. I'm always surrounded with everyone. And therefore, I'm grounded in my love. I am grounded love. I am love divine. You see, it gets more and more focalized until you simply are that. For some people, it's gradually, gradually coming into that place. For others, depending on the lifetimes that you've spent trying to cultivate this, it may be instant. So again, you have to look at yourself and where you are. What has brought you to this moment and how centered in your loving are you? Do you rest in God as a planet rests in space? Are you at peace with that which is? Because you trust that it's the perfect place, the perfect lesson, the perfect situation. Now it's very simple to check these things out. And at night when you get ready to leave your body, realize that you're going forward to be of service. You leave this dimension of life and service and you go wherever you're most needed to learn, to teach, to heal. You have a whole life just as real as your day in which you can set the intention to go forward to wherever you're most needed to be of service. You'll find that your place of rest is within that. It's a beautiful place to reside within. It's very calm. You can be in a vortex of tremendous energy, tremendous turmoil, and it doesn't affect you because you're not sourcing into turmoil. You're in the rested heart. And that's not affected by anything going on around you. So periodically check and see if you're within the rested heart wherein you reside at home. Home is that place. That is the place you're seeking. That is the love you are seeking. That's the relationship you're seeking. That's the security that you're seeking. And each of us has to find that through our own personal inquiry, our own personal self-inventory our own personal awareness. So again, right now, check your heart. Take a deep breath. And ask to be placed in the rested heart. That's it. That's it. They actually gave you an experience of that. So again, know that you can ask at any time, but when you ask, 
stop and be present and receive the experience. Because the minute you ask, it's given to you. But you have to be still long enough to register it. So, I hope this has been helpful. You've been listening to Commander Lady Athena of the Ashtar Galactic Command. And our focus is very much the education and the awakening of higher states of consciousness so that we can live at a higher level within what we call now the seventh golden age, the Satya Yuga, the new earth, the fifth dimension, whatever you want to call that shift that we're in right now. That's the purpose of our weekly seminars. And so we bless each one of you. We pray that you will all awaken to the divine love that you are each an incarnation of. So raise your hands, if you will, and from your palm chakras send beams of light out and just connect with your fellow brothers and sisters who are light workers throughout the entirety of this earth. And remember to love and serve, for that's all we're here to do, wherever we may find ourselves. And we'll go out chanting three Anai hues. Anai connects us, you see, as a collective field of light and light servers. Deep breath. Namaste.